Welcome to Sega Dads episode 274, recorded on April 2nd, 2020. On tonight's episode, we talk about more game releases, rumors, backgrounds, and whatever else we decide to talk about. Hit it! Okay, that was fun. Let's do this for real this time. What's up, everybody? This is Nintendo Dads, episode 274, recorded live April 2nd, 2020. And uh, we were throwing it back to yesterday being April Fool's Day when our social media over on Twitter changed over to Sega Dads for the day. We ran some uh, fun little posts and um, we we ran some polls asking you about your (laughs) favorite failed Sega console and... uh, who should be Sonic's new best friends? Uh, by the way, uh, Noper the Tarantula won. That's awesome. My favorite. I love it. <laughs> That's who oh, I voted I for. I, I almost uh, included uh, Corona the Bats as well. Oh! If that would be appropriate or not. Uh, it's not appropriate. I probably shouldn't have even said that. Is that Rouge's cousin? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not good. Uh, anyway, it's April 2nd. I'm glad we've moved on from that nonsense. And uh, here we are uh, to talk about the uh, smattering of Nintendo news uh, and reviews that are out right now. Of course, we continue uh, in the uh, coronavirus pandemic to uh, just not see a lot of news or things coming out. Nintendo did, of course, last week drop us a little mini direct and everything. We talked about that uh, as I didn't get to be on the show. But there's a few things to talk about this week. Uh, but before we do that, I want to introduce my co-host tonight, uh, all the way from Michigan. Got it right this time. <laughs> oh, Tim you always Hall. get it right. You just like to mix it up. <laughs> hey, right how's it going, time. Marty? We missed you. It's, it's good. Um, you know, if I'm being transparent and I'm being honest, I needed a mental health week last week. That's always good to have. And so uh, that's why I was on the show. Um Work has been extremely, extremely busy. Uh, I've gone from, you know, like doing my normal job to producing four videos a week. Uh, well, three videos, and well, I'm recording content for a fourth video, and someone else puts it together. Uh, but uh, me and him are kind of sharing the workload on that, and the world's been turned upside down, and this is the new normal, and so. Uh, just trying yeah, to is. get our bearings and figure out how to, to how to handle that. So, well, and that's why we're having a little fun with our backgrounds, you know, when we're using Zoom and the whole background craziness that's been going on with that. So, yeah, I like your Minecraft background. I know listeners can't see it, but you got Minecraft. I got Mario sixty four, and Jesse's got Nintendo Dad. Jesse's in the background. Nintendo Dad's. He's like actually, you know, on brand, <laughs> <laughs> which unlike us. Uh, speaking of on-brand, Jesse Waldock, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Better than last week. I uh, didn't have any 13-hour work work days like I did last week. So things are, still aren't normal, but at least the, lo- the level of anxiety in the IT department is not as high as it was last week. Yeah, so that's the, right. uh, the emergencies are more uh, controlled, I think is the right word for that. Controlled emergencies are be- are the best kind of emergencies, right? Yes. 
Well, it's good to see you guys doing well. Justin couldn't be on tonight. Uh, Gary is um, Gary is in England and probably in bed right now. Uh, and so it's just the three of us holding it down yeah. here. At least he's had his daylight savings time started, unlike last week. So, so we would have been reco- yeah, starting to record. If we if he joined us last week, it would have been three a.m. his time. But now it's at least back to four. Yeah, that's right. Well, guys, uh, with that being said, why don't we just dive right on into the news, shall we? And, of course, our news is brought to us each and every week by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where right now, for the months of April and May, you can get uh, a what we call um, a trial a demo of what it means to be a patron. Basically, we're not charging you guys to be patrons of the show. Uh, and it's basically uh, just our way to give back in the midst of all this crap that we find ourselves in with uh, COVID-19. And so we're waiving all membership fees for the months of April and May. Uh, we're still going to do all the stuff that we do with uh, giveaways and all that stuff. But uh, it's just our way of letting you guys have some enjoyment and be a part of the community during this time. So you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads where you can join in for free. Any tier. Any tier. You want to be a that awesome? Like you want to be a Patreon producer? Yeah. We'll do that. We'll read your name on the show for free. I'm surprised no one's done that yet, but now people will do it because we've yeah. given them permission. Uh, they have. Um, so uh, I brought this up earlier. Uh, I wanted to, to go in here uh, and I wanted to highlight a couple of uh, new patrons. Uh, we do this whenever anyone joins. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you guys did this last week, so I'm just going to read it off here. Daniel, Darren, Angier, uh, Joe, Vincent Fusco, and Anthony Cinco, brand new patrons. Uh, of the show. We're super thankful for them. Also, Ebusel has jumped up to the Patreon producer level. Bruce Patterson has jumped up to the Patreon producer level. Mecha Dragon has jumped up to the $5 level. And so, guys, whatever you're doing, whatever you, you know, if you us all want to jump in and be uh, $30 Patreon producers for two months, we'll, uh, we'll take one show before it's over with and we'll read everybody's names. And then uh, we'll clap. <laughs> It'll be just one episode, just reading names. <laughs> right. So, uh, you guys, thanks so much again. We really appreciate it. Um, your support. Community is still awesome and rocking during this time. Uh, again, becoming part of this allows you access to Discord uh, and all of our channels and servers over there. And so, go check it out if you haven't. Uh, and then, at the end of two months... You just say, you know what? No, uh, this isn't for me. Uh, we can't afford it. Still, um, no hard feelings. I promise. No hard feelings. Just a gift to you uh, from Nintendo Dance. So let's talk about a little bit of news. Got a little, a few uh, game release dates that were revealed this week, uh, as well as some uh, rumors and things that we want to pick through. Um, game release dates that were revealed this week. Finally. Finally, Shantae and the Seven Sirens release date for Switch has been revealed to be May 28th, 2020. 
It's finally going to come over after, I guess, what, eight or so months or six or so months of... Yeah, whatever Apple, Apple Arcade launched. I don't know. I don't remember when it launched. I never did sign up for that service. I wanted to, but... Didn't it, it launch dis- in November? Maybe it was... Maybe I thought it was longer. September. Yeah, it was. I don't September. remember. That's right. So it's been it's been longer than six months exclusive to Apple Arcade. I did not want to play it there. I wanted to play it on the Switch. Uh, Jesse, I know you... Did you kickstart this game? Uh, I kicked, they didn't do a Kickstarter for this one. It was the uh, Half Genie Hero, which uh, that one I did. And then I, I p- played that on the Wii U. Yeah, me too. And then I played it again on the Switch. Just because it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> wow. that's not something I can do right now. <laughs> that is uh, that's my, uh, my HomePod over there across the office picking up, I guess... I guess something the genie triggered it. Also revealed this week, this is not in our notes, but I'm super excited about this one. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons got a release date, uh, I believe today, uh, of May 26th is when that's coming out across all platforms, including Nintendo Switch. It's in beta right now, I believe, on PC. You can can get into that if you want to, but uh, the full release is May 26th, 2020. So close to everything else coming out in May. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that last week of May is super stacked. Uh, also, uh, Outer Worlds this week got a release date of June the 5th, 2020 uh, on Switch and also was announced that it will be a physical release uh, as well. Uh, so if you're still holding out on Outer Worlds and you haven't played it on another platform yet, June 5th is your date. Hopefully we're all out of the house by then uh, and we can go to GameStop or Walmart or wherever we pick it up. Uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us some more about this Intellivision news? Yeah, so on on Friday, uh, Tommy and the Intellivision Entertainment people started putting out hourly tweets saying, starting with, the Intellivision Amico will have five games preloaded and will give you a quick preview video and tell you what what each game is within the next five hours. So in that, those five... Uh, announcements were uh, skiing, Shark Shark, and Astro Smash, all of which were classic games, just remastered. Cornhole, not a classic game, so that's something new. And Farkle, a dice game, also wasn't original on the system, so that's something new. And then the sixth hour showed up, and they said, Oh, we lied. There's going to be a sixth pack in game, but we won't tell you what that is until summer. Hmm. So, uh, Jesse, this makes me a little bit interested here. Uh, Cornhole, especially. Are the controls on this system motion at all? Yeah, they're all, it's, it is a motion capable, like a Wii remote. It, and so the way he hasn't, I don't think he's demonstrated how cornhole will play, but he's demonstrated several other games, uh, like like the m- missile command, you know, like the, the Atari game with the th- the three guns on the bottom that to shoot the things falling down. Um, it's the, you control the reticle with the touchscreen, and then you ch- choose which one to fire with with the disc, 
or you can push down on the disc and it will fire from the, the whatever one's nearest to the reticle. And he said you can you can if you play it like tr- how you traditionally hold a controller vertically, then that it'll know where down is and where upright and left is. Or if you can hold it horizontally with the screen on one side and the and the if the screen's on the left and the disc is on the left, if the screen's on the left and the disc is on the right. Again, it'll know which way is up and down. Or if you flip it, if you're left-handed, they have the disc on the left and the screen on the right, or whatever the opposite of what I said first. It'll, again, know what is up and down. So it's got it, – it knows its orientation. And so some games will have motion controls like the dice game. You can see the dice in the screen in the controller. You shake it around, and then you tip it upside down to drop them onto the main display to sh- to sh- so everyone then sees what you rolled. Okay. So they're 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 doing uh, each of these games. It sounds really interesting. Each of these games does something different with a controller, you know, much like you know the the initial games on the Wii, where a lot of these games did things differently to show what the controller can do. That's what they're doing with the Amico, and they're doing games that can't be done in any other system, including the Wii, because the Wii doesn't have a screen on the on the controller. Right. So uh, basically, what they're saying is it's a tech demo packing. Kind of, yeah. But these are still Somewhat. these are still you know the games back then were very short, simple arcadey games anyway. So we're just still getting that. So by today's standards, they're tech demos. But from an intel, if you're comparing it to 1981 in television games, they're full games. Sure, sure. Uh, and you you have one of these pre-ordered. Yes, I, I pre-ordered the Founders Edition when they first opened them up, and then also on Friday they opened up a, a different set of pre-orders called the VIP Edition. The pack-ins are slightly different, and this time they opened up three color variants. the The Founders Edition was just the wood grain, and for it was three hundred dollars, and it came with a fifty dollar uh, e store card. I don't know what they're calling their shop. I'm trying to not use eShop, but because that's Nintendo's term. <laughs> then uh, the VIP model comes with a $25 card instead of a $50 card, additional pack-ins. They still had the wood grain for $170. And then they had a neon black and a white model for, I think, it was $240. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty sleek-looking system, but I, I got to say, I, like, I don't know what the market for this is really going to be. So yeah, well, the, the go Wii 2, or the Intellivision, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, it makes me think of two things when I looked at this and when you shared information about it. It makes me think that there's, one, it is trying to reach out to those people who just want a quick, simple game to play, uh, but also seems like a developer haven in a way where developers can just have fun and use these tools, kind of like yeah. You know, a lot of developers have looked forward to the Wii when that was coming out. Yeah. Uh, and, and some even mentioned that for the Wii U. And, and time, Tommy's inviting developers to pitch them ideas. And if they like it, you know, I think they're 100% self-publishing, just similar to what they did back in the back back in the 80s. Uh, well, I guess mostly in the early days of Intellivision. So everything's going to still have to go through them, but they're, they're willing to talk to, to – Indie developers who have ideas and and fund them, 
you know, mm. and to say, hey, you have this idea. I think it's a good idea. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll come up with a deal. I don't know exact numbers, but they'll basically fund the developer just like, yeah. you know, EA would fund one of their shops to make a game. And, and that's what intrigues me the most is that that capability of opening it up to developers to say, hey, create something unique and different. So, yeah, and as people are hearing, hearing us talk about this, like I'm, I'm on their website, uh, no game higher than $9.99. Yep. Yeah. Plus, it's going to connect mobile apps or mobile devices. Yeah, you can allow mo- people to play. Yeah, uh, the, it'll support up to eight controllers, and that's either the con- controller is built for the system or a mobile device running an, an app will we'll work I like a controller. One thing I also think that's interesting to, to note here for our audience is that uh, the, the promise on their website here. Um, Committed to offering products that parents feel confident about. All of our games will have no graphic content, uh, no blood, no bad language, no sexual content, and will all be rated E or E10+. plus. Yep, and no microtransactions. I love it. I, yeah. I like Yeah, so yeah, he, so all the naysayers are com- complaining about this, saying, oh, this isn't going to be a system. Tommy says, this isn't a system for everyone. If you don't like this, it's not a system for you, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> people are, yeah. you know, people were saying, I bet you don't sell 5,000 units, and I hope you fail. Well, you know, we know we had 2,600 uh, pre-orders with the Founders Edition, because he said that's, that's how many he's going to have, then he's going to shut it off. He didn't say, uh, I've asked Tim to reveal, but he hasn't yet. How many... He did tweet, though, that... that uh that sales of the VIP edition were doing well. Yeah, it sounds like he got over five thousand in VIPs alone. Wow, good. But That's awesome. uh, I've asked him if he can reveal the final pre-orders once he's closed it. He hasn't said no, but he didn't say yes either. You know, like it's one of those situations when I think about this. It's like you know, a market with more systems and more competition actually just makes everything better. Right. And this really isn't in competition with anything else. If anything, the closest competitor is Nintendo. Sure, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they're just like we, Aaron Nintendo, said we're not competing with the other two. They're doing their own thing. We're doing our own thing. This is kind of the same thing. Yeah. So to to yeah. me, this seems like a home base for, I mean, even though it has Intellivision games and any developers who bring games to it, it's almost like a... Uh, central location you can come at with your mobile stuff, you know. So uh, if you do have your phones yeah. and you have some mobile games, it, hopefully. Yeah, and Couch Co-op is a big thing he's trying to bring back. Right. All, I think all of these games, even if the original game was single-player only, will have a multiplayer component. That's cool. Hmm. Well, you do, do you think they'll have, like, a cross-save type thing where if you're playing something on your Miko that you could continue playing on your mobile device? No, because the mobile device is only a controller at that point. It's okay. the game isn't on the mobile. It's just a controller. Like uh we Smash Brothers for Wii U, you can use the Smash Brothers for 3DS as a controller. Yeah. It's that yep. sort of thing. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's very it's, cool. Another question I asked him. Very um, interesting idea. Yeah, another question I asked him, which he hasn't replied to yet. I'm hope, hoping he does. He he says like the controllers that come with it will connect via Bluetooth, kind of as is expected. But if you use a, contr- a mobile device with a, the app running, 
it will connect via Wi-Fi. So my question to him is, does the household need to have a pre-existing network, which you know, if you have broadband, you do, because it'll just need, need needs a wireless hotspot that you can connect to. Or will the Miko act as an ad hoc wireless hot, hotspot for itself that would only then connect to the, to the compatible software? I think that's an interesting question. It is interesting. Because if, if it does require someone to have the internet, then those people can cannot use the apps. But if it does have an internal hotspot, then it then someone does not have to have internet in the house to use it. Yeah. Well, uh, sounds interesting. When is when is the expected release date of this? October tenth. October tenth. So uh, we'll have to give us do some videos. Yeah, I plan on of it. I plan on doing unboxings. I plan on doing uh, let's plays. October tenth uh, is when Intellivision Dad starts. <laughs> yeah, or, or will that be or will that be in television dad singular yes, maybe. you never know uh, I mean it sounds pretty cool and it sounds like it, a good it may be. either family fun type thing to do or even party type things yeah. you know when you have guests yeah. over and, and uh, similarly I do have the, the Atari VCS pre-ordered waiting for that to come out people are starting to have doubts yeah, because it was originally this supposed to be late last year. A little bit more successful lead on than. Oh yeah, Tommy's all over the marketing. He's yeah, yeah. The Atari was originally supposed to be last year. Then it was moved to March this year, which that didn't happen. Right now, now we have no ETA. Right, but I do plan on doing unboxings and plays of that too. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, guys, let's talk about some rumors that popped up this week, shall we? So earlier this week, leading up to April Fool's Day, uh, some screenshots leaked all over uh, the Internet. Uh, lots oh, of did someone places. clean it up? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, about a brand new Flipnote studio possibly coming to the Switch. We now know that this was an early April Fool's Day hoax. Um, unfortunately, what's not a hoax is that the prank resulted in backlash and abuse toward the original creator of Flipnote Studio, which all of you who did that, shame on you. Stupid. Why would you act like that? Baka. Um, but I got I to gotta admit, this one kind of got me. All right? The screenshot looks pretty convincing. And it was right after the direct, and maybe it was... Like going to be a you know shadow drop or something, you, you like or an E three announcement, maybe an E three announcement because there was news this week that Nintendo's one of Nintendo's internal servers got hacked. Um, I don't know. Like, did this get anybody else? Did you were you were you guys like on the Flipnote Studio train for a little bit? I wasn't I see it. <laughs> uh, because I've never really been interested in the app because I'm not much of an artist. My youngest daughter would have loved this. You know, she yeah. she doesn't do art as much as she used to, but she, you know, she used she she would do those amazing th things with just regular Windows Paint. 
much less, you know, a real drawing tool and, you know, with, you know, paints and inks, you know, she's, she's got talent. She just needs to, uh, put forth some effort to actually do something with it. <laughs> you know, Nintendo, where, you know, with the Wii and the Wii U, they, both of those, they, they leaned heavily into apps, right? That, the, I'm thinking about the Everybody Votes channel. I'm thinking about Footnote Studio on 3DS. I'm thinking about uh, Animal Crossing Plaza, even as crappy as that was. Um, they they were they were really into apps for a while. And in this new yeah, era, DSI even have the notebook and calculator yeah, and calendar yeah, apps. Right, like, uh, and who can forget PictoChat, right? Uh, yes. And so, like this new Nintendo that we're we have today. It just doesn't seem like that's very much on their radar at all. Right. The, the, the kind of the downside about Flipnote on the Switch is because of the, the stylus required. You know, your finger would be just in the way, so you'd need to use a stylus. But the the stylus required would not be as precise as like the 3DS stylus or DSi stylus. That's true. Yeah. So that would make you know definitely still possible, but would be more difficult. Yeah, I just, like, I, I was with you, like, I was trying to think through the logistics of it, and I, I just didn't see how that that was really going to work. Also, uh, on the in the rumor mill this week, and this is a rumor that uh, even IGN has picked up on, uh, and other reputable news sites, is that Super Mario remasters are coming to the Switch for its 35th anniversary this year. This would be including in games that have been mentioned specifically uh, a remaster of Super Mario 64, a remaster of Super Mario Sunshine, uh, remasters of Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, uh, as well as Super Mario 3D World Deluxe, and a brand new Paper Mario title, uh, which they say uh, is more in line with the the, Thousand uh, year door. the original spirit, the original spirit of Paper Mario. Yeah, well, it's more like Thousand Year Door. Right. As opposed to the newer games. So, um, this one's been picked up and widely, widely broadcasted. Do you, do you guys think there's any truth to this? I'd like to think so. Well, especially like for the so. especially for the Paper Mario one. That's that's the one that got me interested in the most. I've been burned too many times. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Burned too many times. Yeah, because remember that Metroid uh, Prime trilogy remaster is still coming too. So is Mother Three. There's <laughs> been too many times we've seen so many rumors. If it comes true, great. You know, I'll be happy then once I see the announcement. But right now, I can't be happy about a rumor because I've been honestly, burned too many times. Honestly, I would just be okay if it was Mario Galaxy One and Two, with the promise that Three's in development. Yep. I, I could I, see that. I, I could see that. I could see any of these being a possibility. Uh, and I know a lot of people have called for a lot of these. So it will make the, a lot of people happy. Don't, don't you think the least likely of these is Sunshine? Uh, it's the one that I think needs it the most. But because yeah. of the lack of analog triggers, yeah, and I've been saying this for years, that, that unless they do something more cre- creative with that, how to, to work around that, that might be a challenge. Yeah. I Like, they would have to rework the entire way that Flood works. Yes. So, you, they can replace the click with uh, ZL and ZR. 
But still, the the L and R part was that was analog, and Switch doesn't have that. Anything I would love to see it happen. If they really want it to come out. That's so. true. And if all of that was in a collection, wow! I mean, think about that. Yeah. So what? What? what a new so, like All Stars two. So it sounds like the three remasters are, are might be in a bundle, and then 3D World Deluxe will be its own title, and the Paper well, Mario you, will be its own if title. If you guys think about it, Mario uh, Del- Super Mario Galaxy is already has already been HD remastered for the Nvidia <laughs> Shield. Right, which was that was that was released in China. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think the, I think the the those laws have changed, but it was, for a while it was China didn't allow video game systems that had external data, so you couldn't have a cartridge based system. That was so that's why they had like the IQ, which had games for the N sixty four games with games built in. It was basically a plug and play system, and yeah. the Nvidia Shield worked like a plug and play system or just as a handheld. Yeah, so, I mean, that's already done, and I reckon those assets can be used for Super Mario Galaxy 2 uh, as well, reused. I don't know. Uh, to me, that's the most likely, as well as Super Mario 3D World Deluxe. I mean, like, you know this is coming at some point. It definitely needs to come uh, and happen at some point because... Yeah, yeah there they already fantastic, had... Fantastic Mario game. Yeah, they already had 1080p assets. They just, you know, this is, so it's that plus, like, new levels and whatnot. Yeah, add new characters, add some new levels, you're good to go. Uh, here's here's kind of where the truth is in this for me, I think, is that it's ludicrous to assume that Nintendo is not going to do something huge for Mario's 35th anniversary. Yeah, I, I saw someone's piece of art that had all the Nintendo characters, or well, most of the Nintendo characters around Mario, with a 35th anniversary cake, all excited and happy. And then the next panel was Samus with a 35th anniversary cake. And yes. no one there. <laughs> that made me sad. That hurt me. <laughs> that wasn't I funny to it. me. Even though I love Metroid, I, like it's true. Um, <laughs> it is it, true. To go, That's why it hurt. To go, to go one step <laughs> further uh, would be as, when is F-Zero's 35th anniversary? Just saying. Well, that's still a while because that was at least a Super Nintendo game. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. I yeah, know. I think I, I think next year will be the thirtieth. And guess what? It's it's not even going to get a cake. It'll get a muffin. I won't get anything. <laughs> uh, just a dark room uh, of forgetfulness. Crickets, guys. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, a game that we think should release early. So uh, Jesse was showing us uh, this game that he's preloaded on his Switch earlier uh, this evening. He had, it was announced last week during the, uh, the mini direct. Fifty one clubhouse games, um, yes. and we're all really excited about it. Um, and Tim brought up a great point earlier tonight. This game needs to come out right now. It'd be the perfect game uh, for a family to have on their Switch. Tim, why don't you talk about this a little bit and tell us why you feel that way? Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit after the direct, but uh, in our last show. But with this, one of the things that we missed uh, from this game that you, when it came out on the DS was the uh, 
download play where you were able on the DS to be able to, you know, have one cartridge and share it with other people with DSs because of the download play, everybody didn't have to buy. Uh, in this case, it looks like, you know, everybody's going to have to buy this game. But because we're all stuck in the house with 51 games, especially board games, uh, especially if you're a board game fan, and sometimes you just don't want to break out those board games and clean them up after you're done playing, it'd be nice to be able to play these simple games and play them on, you know, if you've got multiple switches in your house and you can get this multiple games, play these board games locally. Or you can play it with some of them. They said some of the games, not all the games, could be played online against other people. So our own community would have a blast, I'm sure, with this if a lot of people had this game. So this is one of those things I know, like you said, Marty, a lot of people joked about Animal Crossing releasing early. But this is one of those games, I think, come on, Nintendo, just get it out there, you know, get it just if it's ready, put it out there. You know, the movie studios are doing it. I, I think I would think if it's ready, it should you should be able to get it out. Yeah, Unless there's more to the distribution online distribution that I'm not aware of. Well, I was I was thinking as as I watched that mini direct, I was like, this is coming out today. You know, or this is was. coming out in <laughs> April, not the freaking end of May, right? Or June, June, June. Yeah, that's crazy. Like it, I mean. What 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 is have what has to be done to this game? Like just right. release it. Yeah, I don't I care. Did. I don't need a physical copy. I'm gonna buy it digital so I can have it wherever I go. I can pop into those games anytime. They're working on the directions on how to play Shogi because no one here knows how to play that. Oh no. no. <laughs> I don't know what something where if enough voices say something and get it to come out or if Nintendo could do anything, I don't know. Well, but on the on the flip side of that, Tim, there's been a ton of voices calling for the early release of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, and that has done nothing right. except get it done in Australia. Oh, okay. Where it released on Tuesday. I didn't know <laughs> that. Well, we we know it's it's done, or at least a build is done. Otherwise, because it's pre preloadable, and I already have it on my system waiting for it. So, the worst right. case scenario is they update something, and I have to download a patch. Well, uh, good friend of the show, Mikey Burgett, uh is not going to get his copy because Tennessee just got our nice uh, shelter in place order, and he's afraid that that means that he's not going to be able to pick his copy up from GameStop. Where it's pre-ordered and paid off. Yeah, I got an email about that today. Uh, GameStop sent out uh, in case of X, Y, and Z happening during this. While you're waiting for these hot titles to come out, uh, I just glanced over it, but they gave scenarios to where, you know, as of right now, if we can still have the store open, here's the instructions on being able to come pick it up. We're not taking cash. Or debit cards. We're only taking credit um, if you still got to pay it off. But they also have another system in place to where, if, if I read correctly, they'll try to email you beforehand to say you still owe this amount on the game, um, and you have you can uh, pre-purchase uh, a gift card with the amount you owe on it, so hmm. that you can just hand that gift card to the person they trade you know trade the and gift then card. Then they throw it away. And yeah, and then you get your game. So they they have some steps in there, but 
Um, uh, one of the things I, like I said, I glanced over it, but I think it said in the case of where the store is closed, we will hold on to it until there, when we can open back up. Yeah, at least wow. in, in Kansas, uh, you know, the whole state hasn't been shut down, but, but the, the several, the, the three county area where I'm in is in a stay at home, uh, shelter order, which doesn't mean we can't go out if we do go out. You know, we just stay away from people. So our, our game stops are still open. So if we can place that, online orders and, and have is, it curb delivered to the curb. The, the more I read about it, that is what we're seeing it at uh, in Tennessee as well. It's it's a it's a mandate. It's a you know a stay at home order. So we're required to stay home unless you're essential. But it also says that business businesses who aren't essential can operate uh, curbside. So yeah. So I, I, I think pretty much everyone's doing the same set of rules just because they're too lazy to come up with their own to copying everyone else's. Well, but the thing <laughs> is, too, is, is the good, the upside of that is if everyone does the same rules, right. then hopefully it works, right? It Hopefully we... Right, because the rules don't help if your neighbor, neighboring city or county doesn't do it because... You know, our borders are closed, but if they're open in Wyandotte County, who's to stop them from going up there? So, right. okay. I found the email. Sorry to interrupt, but I did find the email. No, on that's more, good. Uh, on picking up your pre-order from a closed GameStop location. So if you have fully prepaid for the game, we'll be sending you an email that includes simple instructions on how to get your game. Or request that you visit a website where you can enter information on where you'd like your game shipped free of charge. Wow. Our shipping fulfillment okay. center is fully operational and meeting all our customers' shipping needs in a timely manner. However, if you have only placed a deposit towards your pre-order, we'll be attempting to email you to give you the option of receiving a virtual GameStop gift card in the amount of your deposit. You can then use this virtual gift card to complete the purchase of the game from GameStop.com or the GameStop app. Have it yeah. shipped to you free of charge. Yeah, so they're still not even taking gift cards at the door. You have to have it paid for on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's if the yeah if they're closed location, um, and then if they were open, uh, again if you have it fully prepaid, you're welcome to pick up the launch date to deliver at door service. Uh, if you have online placed oh excuse me only placed a deposit towards your pre-order but need to pay the balance, you could pick up your game using delivery at the door. And this is that part where I was telling you about that they chip credit cards and GameStop gift cards only can be processed. Okay, so they will do it there. Okay. Unfortunately for you and your team's safety, cash payments, debit cards, and non-chip enabled credit cards cannot be accepted at this time. So they they did send out that to, I don't know if it was just people who have stuff pre-ordered or to all GameStop. Because I don't think I got that email. Yeah, because I I do. If I did, I glanced uh, over it. I have uh, Final Fantasy VII pre-ordered as well, the deluxe copy. Mm. Um, but uh, I was actually wondering how I how I could actually cancel that. Ooh, I know, but uh, but it's just at this time I need to cancel it. So, no, but, I got uh, it. Um, but I was gonna try to see if I can put the funds on uh, Ghost of Tsushima because that's another one I want that's coming out later this year. So, yeah. Uh, I think everybody got that because I got the that as well. Okay. Yeah, the subject is inside. You have safe, convenient options for picking up and making yeah. pre-orders. 
which I don't have anything else pre-ordered right now because I wasn't going to get uh, Final Fantasy VII, and I'm probably still not. Not that I don't want to play the game. Not that I don't want to think it, like I, I enjoyed the demo fairly well. Oh, I'm not going to uh, play the game. But <laughs> I know that I wanted to play it, and I didn't playing, play the demo because I wanted what, to play. What it. I've decided to do instead right now is to play back through the original, which I bought on the Switch and never booted up until two days ago. Nice. How's that so, going? Oh, we'll talk uh, about that. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute. <laughs> uh, so there's that Nintendo. If you're listening, 51 club games. Let's do it. Is there Get any out other? There. Is there any other games besides you mentioned Clubhouse games and Final them. Fantasy? All of All them. Of Just, them. As soon as they're available, don't wait. Right, <laughs> get them out. Yeah, don't be, uh, don't be, um, don't be naughty dog and blame, uh, blame your, uh, you know, it's still not ready after we've crunched our employees to death on COVID nineteen. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I see through that. Like I, when that got announced today, I was like, that game's still not ready. That's and yeah. they're blaming on the virus. Sorry, well, the Sony inside baseball there. <laughs> um, I didn't read all of that. I saw it pop up in my newsfeed. Well, I'll the leave, thing is, is it's funny too. that Sony announced it as because of the situation in the world. Da 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 da. da you know, yes. we're, we're we're postponing it indefinitely. Then Neil Druckmann comes back and says, "Yeah, we still got some final bugs to work out." So, okay. which one is it? Yeah, I'm going to leave that to the trophy room, guys. Uh, yeah. Um, listen to them talk about that. I'm just going to say it. It's still not done. And they've killed their the, their development team to get it done. And it's still not done. They overpromised. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bite them in the butt. You know, here's the thing, though. Full, full, like, just let me say this. It's going to be an amazing game. You know totally. it is. It totally is. So, but it still sucks for all the people who, like, literally busted their rear ends for, you know, 12, 13, 16 hour days for months with no off days. And you're stuck in a pickle, right? Because you want to you wanna show Naughty Dog, hey, we don't like how you're treating your employees. But at the same time, you want the employees to get paid. Right. <laughs> so it's like right. you do or you don't. But most likely people are going to buy the game because it is awesome. Those, those developers, everybody involved in that game deserve it. Oh, that game's going to sell 14 bajillion copies when it finally comes yes. out. Well, then, you know, they're, whatever they're testing, they basically have to test it twice on you know, PS4 hardware and PS5 hardware. Yeah. Yeah, some That's people fun. were saying it was going to be delayed till PS5, and I was like, yeah. Regression no. testing, always fun. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> well, guys, speaking of games, let's talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Jesse, let's start with you this week. What have you been playing? All right. So I'm going to sound like a downer. You know, probably like normal. But I tried the two of the games that was announced in last week's Direct. Good job. And really default to demo. And while I liked good job, I, I don't know. I may have just been not in the right mindset, but I got to the level that first introduced the, the forklifts. And I'm like, I don't know how to get this from point A to point B. So I'm like, I'm just going to pass. I'm not going to fight with this. I might go back to it later, but I just wasn't in the mindset to fight with it. So, but uh, the, that that first floor that had the, the four levels, th- th- those were fun. It took, some of them took me a while to find. 
the one where I had to find f- like five guys and ch- and put them on chairs and wheel them into the office. I'm like, where is this fifth one? I don't see him anywhere. And he was just sitting there right in the middle of the room at a table. And I completely glanced over him like five times when I looked in that room. I think, Marty, you mentioned that in your video. You were running into that fifth guy problem when you were trying to find that fifth guy to put yeah, in the conference room. Um, I, like, I've, I've been playing this, too. I really like it. I, it's it's light. And, I mean, it's light puzzle solving, right? But some sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Like, I get it. Like, I'm in the – I'm not as far as you are, Jesse. I'm in the crane part where they introduce you, like, moving the boxes with the cranes. I might not. I might not. Are you? Are you on the second floor? I'm on the. I, I finish. Yeah, I'm on the second floor. Okay, because I, I don't think I, I. I don't think I tried that one because once you get to a floor, you have the choice of three rooms. I think we just picked different rooms at that point. I think we. Yeah, we probably did. I, I just. I'll, I was going in numeric order, so two hundred one is uh, a crane, and you're moving all these boxes like shipping containers into uh, other boxes. Like that looks you have hilarious. to match the colors. That looks hilarious yeah. in the video. <laughs> Just That's really, story. really fun. Yeah, uh, so. it's, it's one of those things that like, though I will say this, I don't want to run over your time too much, Jesse. Like I no love problem. that Nintendo is experimenting with these little games, like stretchers and good job. It's, it's a really neat thing to see. It's fun. Okay, then uh, the Bravely Default 2 demo. Again, I, I, I think I talked a little bit last week. I didn't play the... I, I, I rented the original Bravely Default and got to the first boss and couldn't beat it because I had the wrong set of jobs. So I, I, so I remember a little bit how the game controlled. I remember like, the R was used for uh, Brave and L was used for Default. And that just felt natural. It made sense. But in here, L doesn't do that. If you want to do default, you actually have to choose it in the menu. Like, why did you take that away? R is still brave, but L is not no longer default. And I'm confused. I uh, downloaded this demo too and played it to the second random encounter and immediately went to the home screen and deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so did you say anything uh, about yeah. it in the survey? About your... Oh, I'm not even. I'm not even taking the survey. I don't think I see about the L button. I don't think I received a survey yet. Okay, I will. Supposed to be a survey. Yeah, I I think they'll send it out at some point in the future to everyone who's downloaded it. Gotcha. Then, uh, and they said that in in the like the opening or the description of it that it's set at a higher level than normal, and I think it's too high because. So what I did is I spent like the first half hour just running around this that opening city, talking to everyone, figuring out what I'm supposed to do. I got one side quest of get five wolf pelts. So mm-hmm. I went and, it, and they show me the markers on the on the screen where I go to continue the main quest or where do I go for the side quest. So I went to the side quest route, found where the wolves are, and killing them like one or two at a time, and then having to go back to the town to heal up again. And then, so it's a lot of back and forth. And it took, I finished that side quest. It took me like an hour. And so I had a few levels gained up. And I could tell that defeating the wolves are getting easier as I'm leveling up. So levels do have a meaning, you know, early on, which is what you want to see. 
I finished that. Go to the the story dungeon, and the f- so I've been playing for an hour and a half now. First random encounter, one hit, dead. What? What? I had no chance to defend myself here. <laughs> like so that I'm like I'm not going to grind for another three hours just to have a chance in the dungeon. I'm done. Wow. So. Yeah, if if they toned it down to a reasonable level, then sure, I'd I'd, I'd fight through it a little bit more. But th- that that's ridiculous. So I would have hated to see what does, the people who go to the story dungeon first without side questing. <laughs> no way. Tim freeze up. Possibly. I think we lost him. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll move on. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm I, I, just like Octopath's demo uh, to a survey, and Square Enix did listen to survey and made enhancements to Octopath. I hope they do the same thing here. At least they, you know, it still has a job system, but at least they made it easy, and there are four jobs available. You have four characters. You do the math. So at least you're guaranteed to have the right mix of classes if you assign one to each. Which is unlike the problem I had with the original game, where you had more things to choose from when I picked the wrong one. Okay, then, so, in order to get my mind into something that I would find more enjoyable, I started up Dragon Quest II Luminaries of the Legendary Line on the Switch, which I bought you know, Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 on the Switch back in September, the same day Dragon Quest 11 launched. And so I'm finally playing Dragon Quest 2. You know, gameplay-wise, it's it's the same game. The, the, the maps, the random encounters, the menus, all of it's the same. But what's kind of shocking a little bit is it's like a mix of art styles. There's like three different types of art styles going on, and it takes a while to get used to. The overworld map and the and the dungeon maps are taken from the Super Nintendo port or Super Famicom port. The, these games were ported in Japan to Super Famicom. This never came to North America. I think you know it is available through fan translation patches. And you know, people say that's probably the best way to play the game. But so they, so the backgrounds come from Super Nintendo art. The the NPC sprites and the player sprites are they look like three times taller than they should be compared to using the to compared to what the art of the background looked like. They're huge. They're, they're wide. They're very they're rounded. They look they, they look like they could have come from, you know, like TurboGrafx sixteen style art, or Sega Saturn style art. So it's it, there's like a little bit of a conflict between there. But then when it comes to random battles, the the enemy art and the spell effect art is hand-drawn art, but, you know, no animation. They're just static images. So it, it's really weird going back and forth between the three art styles. But other than that, the game plays like you expect the game to play. 
And I think I'm maybe a quarter of the way, third way into it. Um, I've only played through the game once when I had the GBA cart or GB color cart probably 10 years ago. So I don't remember anything about it. But I'm at the point where I've I've gotten to the, the went to the when you look at the world map, there's a small section of that's one continent that is the map from the first game. The second game is that with like three or four more continents. So there's in that first game continent there are two castles, you know, your hometown and the the Dragon Lord's castle. So visited the Dragon Lord's castle and is now inhabited by the great great grandson of the Dragon Lord, which is apparently he's not a good guy, but he's not evil. In fact, he wants he wants to help me beat the big bad. Then he's the one who told me I have to find these five sigils around the world, and if I can get them, then I get the blessing from my goddess to beat Hagron or whatever his name is. So I was actually gearing up for a fight. And I expect him to fight him, and he's like, "Nope." He tells me, he gives me advice, and sends me on my way. So <laughs> Tim's back. Tim's back. Hi. <laughs> All right. So now that uh, he missed the entire Dragon Quest Two conversation, I'm done. And <laughs> well, Tim, now that you're back, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Okay, sure. Um, so, of course, more Animal Crossing, like everybody else in the world, apparently. Uh, collecting a crap ton of eggs. <laughs> Isn't everybody. Yes. and uh, But apparently not enough eggs. So even though I was collecting a bunch and creating a bunch of furniture, because at first, when they said, when the, the, the bunny said, you know, that, hey, collect these eggs and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I'm not interested. You know, I, I, I don't I don't want that furniture. Then it was like the way he explained it. And then he said, if you collect everything, I'll give you something special at the end. And it's like, oh, now I got to collect everything because I want to see what that something special is. Cause I, and I want it. As, less, so, as long as it's not a pile of that, poo. That, that bunny <laughs> yes. is, is creepy. Yes. You're not the only person who has but, said that. But I find it fascinating at the same time because of the fact that it's got the zipper in the back. It's like, who is in that outfit? Who is in that? Pretending to be the Easter Bunny. I think it's Tom Nook. <laughs> that's that. You notice funny. you never see him at the same time. No, I didn't notice that. I'm gonna have to check that out. Are you sure? Because I could have swore I've gone in the store and he wasn't there, or he was there. I don't uh, think so. Ch- I'll check that. I'm gonna have to investigate now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that is that is fun. It did get me hooked. Um, I, is it, it is frustrating though when you want to. Is it in there a point when Isabella starts taking over the daily announcements so he doesn't have to anymore? That's right. True, but I didn't at that point yet. So. Oh. Um, but um, there's one point I am frustrated that I can't do normal fishing without catching eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so I can understand a lot of people's frustration, but I didn't read into it, so I don't know all the details. But I think it's kind of silly people getting frustrated with this you know this update it seems kind of weird to be frustrated about something like that you know it's a free update so i don't know i guess it just may not that not all events are for everybody i guess yeah and like i said i was almost i was as close to not participating and i would just ignore it but i guess you gotta have to because 
uh, you know, except for fishing. Well, with fishing, you're going to catch an egg regardless. I'm wondering if you time travel away, if you time travel outside the 12th, does it end or does the event still go? That's a good point. I don't know if I want to time travel, though. I'm trying to avoid doing that kind of stuff. But but yeah, I've been doing that in between, you know, uh, playing some of these other games. Like one that I, a couple of the next two things I'm going to talk about, I've done videos for. They're on YouTube for, you know, seeing me starting to play these games, but I'm playing more of it. First is Dead or School, which is a mature mature rated game. Um, And if you go to the website, you have to put in Nintendo's website, you have to put in your birthday and all that kind of stuff just to see the content there. And just from the little bit they have on their website, you can see why it's a little bit mature rated. But when, while playing the game right now, I haven't seen anything else other than blood and, you know, you're fighting zombies and stuff like that. So, um, but I can see why I could, well, there is some swearing at the beginning too. So I can understand where it's going in the, in the way the animation's drawn as well can <laughs> be understood as mature rated as well so something that the you know dad's after dark show might be interested in but you know how they are they want yeah i looked it up on the nintendo site to see like what those tags are under it but it's not doesn't show may have to look at the uh the srb site itself yep so that one i when i put the video up i did say that it's 18 and up to view it so because i didn't know what was going to come up when i was first starting to play it that's yeah because nintendo's site itself does the same thing so right so uh but that was published by marvelous and developer studio nana sushi nana sushi nana come on i can't see it uh nana fushi jesse your icon was in the way or whatever (laughs) nana fushi uh on the document, it was like your your placement of your oh, cursor. Oh, my cursor, sorry. <laughs> I couldn't see the F there. Not a Fushi, yes. So, uh, and they did provide us the code, so thanks to them, of course, for giving us the code to check it out. Uh, and that was one thing that when Justin sent out, hey, is anybody interested in this? When I was watching the video, I was like, heck yeah, I'm interested in that, <laughs> that uh, game, because it seemed like it was very fast-paced. Uh, but getting into the game to start with there is a lot of dialogue so there's a lot of story behind this game which is intriguing to me so it's keeping me involved but it's not as fast-paced as i thought it originally was so if if you're going to play this game and you're looking for a fast-paced action rpg or yeah role-playing action game um it may not be as fast-paced right off the bat it does eventually start getting into it uh further i got into it it's feels fast-paced and the map is, things are really small when I play in handheld, so it's probably a lot better when you play on the screen as well so far that I noticed. Because there's no way to blow up the map. You get the small little map in the corner, upper right corner. So you have to, you know, look really close when you got it in handheld. Uh, but the map is nice, and it shows where all the things you need to go and get. So I like that aspect of it. Um, and it gives me a little bit of Metroidvania or Castleroid vibes, if you will. Um, but I have yet to go back to anywhere yet, like Metroidvania type games. Right. Yeah. Um, I uh, noticed that too. Like if there's not in it and there's sometimes like I'm diving down pretty deep. Right. And it's like, I don't think I'm going back there. 
Oh, oh, I'm not talking about that game yet. Shit. Oh, Shit is, sorry. I'm still talking about Dead or School. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you're okay. getting ahead of me, Marty. Right. Sorry. Right. I found the right. I, I found the ESRB tags. It's a blood and gore, drug reference, sexual themes, and violence. Yes. Oh yeah, there is drug men. a lot of drugs mentioned in there, but uh, it's part of the story too. So, like I said, it's a very intriguing story. It does deal with zombies, um, different races. Uh, especially being underground. It's an interesting take on the zombie genre, if you will. So it's keeping me involved, and I uh, have gone back to it to see how far, you know, where I can go with it. Um, and I will, I'm hoping to be able to do a follow up video to the Let's Play video I did on it. So hopefully a review of it if it keeps me intrigued, like it is. Uh, but the game that had me dive in right away, no pun intended, was the sh- uh, Shin. Uh, Shin- Sakai. Shin Sakai. Thank you. Jeez. I had to, I have to listen to it in order for me to pronounce it right. Thank you. <laughs> Shin Sakai Into the Depths by Capcom. Uh, this one I bought on my own because when I saw it in the uh, direct, the mini direct, uh, it did look like a Metroidvania game. And that right there caught me. Plus the visuals uh, grabbed me as well. Um, just the details behind it. And sure enough, playing this type of game. Diving into it, again, I'm trying not to make the pun, but I can't help it. Um, getting into this game, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the visuals in this and the details, especially the encyclopedia that you get. There's also, you know, that information finding when you f- stumble upon a creature or you see a new creature you haven't seen before. It collects that information. And at the start menu, you can read up on these creatures, whether they're, you know, real or fictional. You can read up on these these creatures, which is really interesting. A nice touch to the game, I think. Um, but again, the details are what's blowing me away behind the, the animation behind this game. Uh, just looking at it on my screen and just seeing the details, the animations behind the main character being underwater um, and the movements behind it. And then your companion, when you get that. And then the, the, the sea life around you. And uh, the apocalyptic, uh, post-apocalyptic atmosphere of being underwater, uh, a world underwater, um, as I'm learning more about this. It's just, it's very, it's got, it's got me. I'm intrigued. I want to buy the shirts for it. I want to, you know, buy (laughs) the merch for it. Uh, And just enjoying this story so far in this one and more so the visuals on it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So again, with this one as well, I hope to do a follow-up video on this for either a, uh, uh, you know, how's it going so far or a review, depending on how long these games are. So uh, that's what I've been playing, and I will be doing another upcoming review that I just got for a game called Can Androids Pray, which the title itself was intriguing. Uh, Actually, the full title is Can Androids Pray Variation Blue. Uh, this game has been out, I think, on PC, uh, and it's by Apriori Digital, and they gave us a code for it to check it out, and I volunteered to check it out, and uh, they have it listed as a sitcom-length, choice-based narrative experience. Um, so, it just, something about it, it just seems like I wanted to check it out. So hopefully it's not anything crazy like uh, the game North that I reviewed a, a couple of years ago. Just that story itself. Just like, <laughs> so hopefully it's nothing crazy like that, but it seemed very <laughs> interesting. So that's why I volunteered to go ahead and do this one. So look for a video yeah. on that one. 
Awesome. So I've been playing Shinsekai too, and uh, I echo everything Tim's been saying. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, the sound on it is just like it's very relaxing. But yes. I mean, there is and there's danger around you, but it, it's it's pretty soothing. Um, yeah, that sound too. They talk about you know wearing you should wear headphones while playing this game, too, right? So. And it's it's very immersive, and I just love the, the direction that they've taken it. Um, what I didn't realize after buying it is I could have been playing this on Apple Arcade the entire time <laughs> and uh, probably should have probably should have saved some money there. What uh, were you going to say about how you were mentioning ahead of time there? The yeah, not like, feeling the, uh, uh, like I, I've not been backtracking a lot. Like, I've, I don't know if you feel that way, but it's kind of like when I lower the, the danger, uh, lower the pressure level for the water so I can progress. It's kind of like... Uh, it reminded me a lot of, of Samus Returns on the 3DS. Okay. Like, you know, you would drain the the, the poison or whatever, and you would get to progress further. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's why I think it's Metroidvania feeling yeah, like, or Metroid feeling. There's sometimes when you when you go into those new areas and you go down an awful long way before you, you know, get to where you're going or your feet even touch the ground. Right. And it makes me wonder how much backtracking we're actually going to do, if at all. Yeah, I, you're right. Now that you mentioned it, there is a point where I missed at the beginning uh, a collectible, it looks like. But at that point, you can't go back because of the ice iceberg that comes yeah. you know, and blocks yeah. off your way. So unless you get something that will allow you to melt away the iceberg. Or Underwater flamethrower. Yeah, right. <laughs> But you're right. Now that you mentioned it, it's probably less Metroid than anything other than the, you know, there's certain I mean, aspects that are still Metroid-like. Progressionally, but, it feels like Metroidvania. Yes. Castle Roids. But, Castle Roids, yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I've been playing that. I've been enjoying it. I've also been playing uh, Mega Man 3. I just, Mega Man is comfort food for me. And uh, over the weekend, I needed some comfort food. So I played uh, so Mega Man 3 and, and breeze through that game and beat it. It had been a while since I had done that. And, uh, cause I tend to default to, to two. Uh, and so I really, really enjoyed my time with Mega Man 3. Is that the one that introduced uh, Proto? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How long did it's it take you to the, go through it? I began it on Friday nights and finished it Saturday afternoon. Nice. I interspersed some different, like I was playing Animal Crossing and of course. other stuff in there. Uh, I've also pick, picked up uh, Final Fantasy VII. I'm playing through that on the Switch. I bought this when it was originally came out and hadn't even booted it up till like two days ago. And as of tonight, I'm about three hours into it. Um, we ju I just did the whole um, cross-dressing scene with Cloud. That's usually where I end up stopping for some reason. I don't know why I haven't never and can't get into the game to get sewers. past that point. Yeah, so I got dumped in the sewers and I beat like as soon as you go down there, you fight a boss and then, you know, two screens later, you're out. And uh, that's where I saved it. I'm in the train yard. Um, it's literally been um, 20 years since I've played this game. Played through it. I got it when it came out on PlayStation. I bought a PlayStation for this game. I beat it, and then I've never played it again. 
And so it's almost brand new to me. I was going to say, um, is it like brand new for you? <laughs> yeah, it feels brand new. Uh, you definitely, definitely see the technical limitations of the game uh, at this point. Even though they've done some things, little quality of life things like smoothing out the textures on the uh, on the like the actual characters and things, but it still looks terrible. Uh, and there's times that the maps like that you're on make it really hard to, to figure out where you're supposed to go and what you're Got supposed it. to interact with. And so uh, that's been my biggest frustration with it. But other than that, it's Final Fantasy VII and it's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to play through this and then play through the remake because I, I feel like that's kind of how I need to do it. Cool. Uh, and the majority of my time I've been seeking into Animal Crossing. Uh, I've probably spent at least an hour every day since release playing probably two hours. My wife is also playing it. She is hooked. Uh, we are living on the same island, but I pass it off to her and let her play um, without me uh, a lot of times, and I'll go do something else. But she has been putting in just as much time on it and loves it. It's perfect. It's literally perfect. So, I don't, like The Bunny Day thing's not been great, but I got to remind myself it's less than two weeks. Um, right. I have paid off two loans on my house. I've upgraded the resident services. Uh, I have three new animals living on my island. Um, and I'm building a bridge right now. And I have a museum. Do nice. non-island rep players start out with a tent and have to upgrade as well? In, uh, individually outside of anything else that the island is doing? Yes. Yeah, so, but there's been some quality of life improvements from uh, previous Animal Crossings that I feel like really make it um, a lot better. Uh, like the the events and things that go on, like Gulliver coming to your island or Bunny, the Bunny Day Zipper being on your island. Uh, he interacts with each person as if he's doing it for the first time. Gulliver, if like I find Gulliver okay. and wake him up and do his thing, he'll still be laying on the beach when my wife plays. Um, cool. Going right, to the that's store, good. Like going to the store, there's some items that if you buy them, they're still there. Uh, so you can't like, you know, buy the whole store and the second person have nothing to do. Right. But now there's still the same amount of fossils to dig up. Say you know it's it's so it's it's still very much that kind of game for Animal Crossing, right? But there is more, I think, added playback. That's cool to hear. So I've planted five out of six fruits, so I only have one more fruit to plant, and then my island will produce all of the fruits. How's your decorating skills? Are you all decorated? Not great. Not great. Going to compete in the monthly mayhem. <laughs> uh, probably not because like I am not all that interested in like complete sets and things like that I just kind of do my own thing gotcha. uh, I do have the back room of my house now which it's funny I got uh, the reward I got for adding on the back room was a tankless toilet and then I shot down a balloon and it had a bathroom shelf in it. And then I did a nut, something else. I shook a tree 
and a ventilation fan fell out. So my back room is now a bathroom. What? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. We're doing, we're doing a bathroom remote model, too. If only it was that easy to get parts. Yeah, really. And, and here's the thing. Go to the tree. You can totally take a dump at Animal Crossing. Now, <laughs> if you eat a fruit, if you eat one of the fruits, fruit, like eating fruit gives you powers in this game. Yes. Uh, like the ability to dig up whole trees and go replant them or to bust rocks uh, and do stuff. Uh, so if you've eaten a fruit and you go sit on the toilet, uh, like there's a counter, you can eat up to 10 fruits at a time. Um, and like the number drops back to zero and a dialogue box pops up that says, well, that takes care of that. And then you I get up that. and it flushes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of something that they added with uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2. You know, you, you're able, like, if you don't have a bathroom, pe- people will queue up wanting to look for a bathroom and they'll yeah. start dancing around. So you make build bathrooms and then they'll, they'll queue at the bathroom and go through one at a time. Or if you make it a bigger public room, more people can be in it. But then you can harvest the toilets for fertilizer, <laughs> oh. which are needed if. Which are needed for some recipes. <laughs> oh, well, well there's, um, hopefully there's nothing I'm harvesting out of my tank this time. Uh, even though I have been running around trying to catch um, cherry blossom leaves and finally got enough tonight to, uh, to build the outdoor picnic set, which is now oh. out in front of my house. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a weird collection over in Fartlandia. For <laughs> the, the island of misfit animals, well, guys, that's what we've been playing. Uh, let's uh, actually. Do we have anything tonight, in the? Do we have anything? We don't in the have chat? anything in the community spotlight, so that's going to end up the show. Well, I mean, in the chat, anybody in the chat saying anything? No, um, people are just now joining because the way the permissions were set up when we restarted the stream, oh, YouTube yeah. wasn't even published pushing. Oh. So. Oh, well, well, guys, that is episode 274 of Nintendo Dads. Uh, since this would be where we'd normally insert our community spotlight, let me remind you that you can contact us in lots of ways. You can leave comments on our weekly polls over on uh, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. You can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com uh, with any questions or comments you'd like us to read, or you can just hit us up on Twitter or any of our other social media. And so, as we close out the show, we want to say a huge thanks to those that are now at our Patreon producer level. That's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, Antonio Contronio, Ed Bussell, and Bruce Patterson. Thank you guys for being <laughs> uh, Patreon producers of the show. Uh, and remember, for April and May, all fees are waived. And so if you are out there and listening and you ever wondered what it would be like to be a patron of the show, Hop on over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Sign up for free. Take the two-month trial. It's going to be awesome. You can also go over to nintendodads.org for all of our social media feeds, our videos, our tweets, podcast episodes, social media, uh, Patreon page, and the Nintendo Dads shop where you can buy stickers and T-shirts and phone cases and all kinds of cool stuff to help support the show. You can also find us in most places on social media. and Just type in Nintendo Dads. Hey, we're right there. Call in and leave us a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. And we want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show and remind you 
go to your podcast service of choice. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us some words there. It helps people find the show, and it spreads the good news about Nintendo Dads. For me, for Jesse, for Tim, and for Justin and Gary, who couldn't be here tonight, this has been episode 274. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Check you later, peeps. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. You gotta get your together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>